Welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita podcast, where we journey through the Bhagavad Gita with our teacher, Chaitanya Charan, and uh, Balaram, good friend. So today we are starting chapter two, today's day 23, I should say, and we're starting chapter two, uh, text 23, right, Balaram? That's right? Yes. Yeah. 23, 23. Okay, great. And we're still we're still hearing about the soul, these beautiful verses that are teaching us these characteristics of the soul. So um with that, Cece, do you want to bring us into it? So the previous text discussed about how the soul changes bodies. Now we are moving on to discuss how while change while the soul changes body, the soul itself is unaffected by anything that affects the body. So, Nainam chindanti shastrani Nainam dahati pavakaha Nachainam kledayantyapo Nashoshayati marutaha Translation The soul can never be cut to pieces by any weapon, nor burned by fire, nor moistened by water, nor withered by the wind. So, this theme might seem a bit repetitive, but at different points, Krishna is emphasizing things from different perspectives. So earlier, he was talking about indestructibility of the soul from the perspective of how we should be tolerant about life's difficulties. That was the introduction of 2.11 to 15, where he said, by tolerance, one can move towards liberation. Then, he's talking from the point of non-doership that talk, talk from that actually when we kill we are not killing because the soul is not never killed at all the soul is eternal and now his overall theme will be non-lamentation so this theme will go from 22 till 30. Sometimes uh, we might make the same point, like somebody is talking about, say, why taking alcohol is bad. You might talk it from the pers- The same point might be made, but you're talking sometimes from the perspective of why it's bad for the health, and why it's, be- why it's bad for one's relationships, why it's bad for one's profession, or whatever. You can talk from different perspectives. Like that, the soul is indestructible. That is the point that is being discussed from various perspectives. So, non-lamentation. When we, when we lose something that is dear to us, we lament. That's the theme that Krishna will be discussing. The 22nd text, the 30th text. 22nd text was about how the soul changes bodies. And there were three metaphors we discussed to indicate the dress metaphor was given by Krishna himself and it has a house metaphor and the vehicle metaphor. So here, Krishna is emphasizing that the very things that destroy the body is talking about chindanti. Now the body can be destroyed by piercing. Uh, generally, if you think of it's a, in a war or in any any place where there is aggression, 
and there can be wounding and killing and hurting by various means so piercing nainam chinnanti astrani then there could be burning a particularly painful way of uh, say imposing capital punishment is to burn somebody at the stake alive it's extremely painful nachainam kledayanti apo so here it is not the person wetted or moistened or generally we might drown a person so it's it's not eroded it's not destroyed by the by water and it's not withered by the wind so when there's a tornado or something like that the person can be people the body can be swept away hit here there destroyed so there are no effect on the soul of all these so essentially krishna is telling using this to tell arjuna that the real person you care about is not going to be harmed and therefore you should not lament to so the same point krishna will make in the next text also but in a different perspective you know from here is making it by why is it not being destroyed why can it not be pierced because that activity arises from a characteristic of the soul that will be described in the next text Mm-hmm. any comments about this it's, it's just like such a relief of everything in this material world that we try to like cling to that's just so temporary if we could just really get our heads around this and that this the soul is not like that it's like such a relief so there's so much shelter in that right yeah very much definitely balram any points ियोयम this verse has two parts to it so the first two parts are basically speaking by affirmation what was spoken by negation in the previous verse so that is why can't the soul be pierced because it is impregnable why can't the source soul be burned because it's not flammable why can't the soul be eroded or dissolved or drowned because it is indissoluble like that but then the next two lines are adding some more properties of the soul and just some of them are interesting is eternal that means sarvagataha now with respect to the soul there are there are controversies associated with many things one is its existence itself as the soul really exist at all and we discussed how we can infer its existence from the presence of consciousness but the other controversy mm, is about its extent uh, how far does the soul extend is there one soul which pervades all of existence or is there one soul in each in every living being and then there are different souls like that 
So when the Gita is earlier talking about the soul going from say one body to another body, then it does seem to indicate that that one soul is not pervading everything. Because if say if one soul was existing in all bodies, then what do you mean by the idea of moving from one body to another? So with respect to extent, is it? is it localized in one body is it situated at one particular place or is it all pervading so the gita overall is state indicating if you consider inference from 222 that is localized so what exactly is the nature so here in this particular verse the all so the word sarvagata might indicates all pervading but this all pervading actually what it means is that it's capable of existing everywhere not that it is literally existing everywhere at the same time the whole idea of the soul going to the next body makes no sense so capable of existing everywhere means that Uh, many different kinds of bodies so we humans can't exist in places that are extremely hot or extremely cold because our body is not situated for the, uh, suited for those things so there are however beings called extremophiles these are these are organisms they they survive and thrive even in extreme conditions so feel is to love so they love extreme conditions they not only survive in those they survive only in those conditions so for example deep under the crust of the earth within the crust of the earth there are microbes bacteria who live at temperatures extremely high for humans to live Can you go up? So can, yeah. The original one that you made when you were talking about the controversy of the soul, you said existence and extent what 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 is that in reference to when you say the controversy of the soul? Is that is this verse inferring the controversy or what what is that in reference to? No, I'm talking about the word sarvagataha in the soul that the soul is capable of existing everywhere. That, that that's the point which I'm talking about. so i'm explaining what that means okay the soul soul is present everywhere hmm? that is the word okay. over here in this particular okay so what does present, present everywhere mean okay so is it that it is simultaneously present everywhere all the time sure uh, that it what it means is it is actually present everywhere means it's more of capable of being present everywhere capable of existing everywhere not that it's simultaneously present everywhere that's the point i was explaining i understand thank you no thank you for that question i guess i was i was presuming that the question was already there but i think i have to explain what the question is before i give the answer <laughs> that's good <laughs> mm. good so by this reasoning that the soul does not depend on the kind of biological conditions 
that we humans need for surviving mm. what and from the point of our own experience of the science dances discovery of extremophiles so i was giving the example of something living deep in the crust of the earth or even the deep oceans there have been finds found some organisms again some microbes that basically these are not microbes they are fairly large organisms they breathe in nitrogen dioxide because there's no oxygen deep under water and they still survive over there so mm, the idea is that mm, life can exist in any extreme in many conditions which might seem bizarre to us so as an inference from this we can say that sometimes there is this question extraterrestrial life is there life beyond the earth also so according to gita inference on this verse is yes it's definitely possible it's um, all that science can conclude even science does a probe of the uh, of the moon or the mars or the jupiter it's not that we probe every single millimeter of that celestial body and certainly we don't dig under the ground to see what is there below the surface what we do is that we look at the environmental conditions and all that science can say is life as we know it Hmm? has not been found so this is all that a honest scientist can say but the point is if you understand that the soul is a soul is not restricted to particular material conditions for its existence so all life does not have to be life as we know it hmm. Hmm? and therefore life can exist in various other places also now how exactly they would exist would they be like green little creatures as was depicted in alien movie or something else that may vary if we understand the soul is the soul has the body as a dress then what we understand is that depending on the environment the dress will change so the environment however it is this like if <clears throat> a person goes to a very cold place then the way they dress might be very different from the way they might dress if they are in a desert or on a beach or something like that so just as our dress changes according to our our environment our daily life also there'll be a suitable body given so essentially the soul has the capacity to exist everywhere independent of whatever be the particular environment that it finds itself finds itself in okay so when it's when we look at this verse and it reads present everywhere what you're saying is that's not to mean that there's like one soul and it's everywhere that's that's just to say that it's capable of being present everywhere so it's independent of of its environment it doesn't need a particular environment to survive like maybe our bodies do or other things that we're used to in this world the soul could exist anywhere imaginable and in that you're you we can infer that the potential of life exists anywhere imaginable because the soul is is that 
is the basis of life. And then the body is just the dress. And so then there could be other bodies suited to, yeah, other environments. Very cool. Yeah, it's perfect. So you're saying that not that inanimate matter is divine, but that life is capable everywhere. That life is divine and that it is everywhere, capable of everywhere. Well, divine is more associated with God. That's the adjective associated normally with God. I would say spiritual is the adjective associated with soul. So I think you are talking about soul here, isn't it? Yes. So your question is uh, that is matter spiritual? Yes. Okay, so no. So there are two categories of reality that was mentioned in 216 also that the seers of truth see that that is spirit and that matter. But uh, these are two first world categories. But we can say that if this is matter, it can be in various. You could have various forms of matter. By form, I not literally mean physical shape. I mean just nature. So it can be hot. It can be cold. It can be in variety of things. But the soul can, if you consider this to be the soul, one spiritual being is the soul. So here it might be hot. Here it might be cold. Here it might be super stormy. If you go back, here it might be... calm, here it might be wet, here it might be dry, here there might be oxygen, no oxygen, like that. But the soul can exist in any of these environments. So it's not that matter is spiritual, Mm -hmm. but any kind of matter is capable of housing the spirit with the appropriate adaptations, with the appropriate, uh, appropriate mechanisms. Just like uh, when astronauts go to space, they have a space suit that they wear. So like that, the soul will acquire the appropriate suit and that way the soul can appropriate dress, that's the body, and the soul can exist accordingly. So cool. Am I making my clear? Yeah, Yeah, that was a nice depiction there. It's really so cool. (laughs) Thank you. So, a couple more points about this, which we'll talk about. The soul itself is unchangeable. Vikaryoyam. Now, what does the soul's unchangeability mean? At one level, we can say it's never destroyed. And the body body changes, but the soul doesn't change. But then we also talk about spiritual evolution. There's evolution of of the living being, evolution of the person. So, isn't evolution involves some kind of change? So, the understanding there is that there is the soul and then there is the consciousness coming from the soul. So, the soul itself is unchanging. Mm-hmm. But the soul's consciousness 
it keeps changing and this is what can evolve hmm? it can evolve it's not that automatically it will evolve it can devolve also so if we consider as a flashlight and there's a beam of light coming from it now the flashlight itself is the same but the beam of light can focus on various things so when we grow spiritually it is not that the soul is small in size and the soul grows rather the consciousness in terms of its you could say default content what does it naturally go towards that changes so a soul who is unevolved may be concerned only about selfish selfish desires i want pleasure i want this i want that but a more evolved soul has bigger concerns so you could say that the consciousness which is there it could go downward downward means you could say selfish or short sighted or even self destructive ideas the soul could go in that direction the consciousness could be that that's what as soon as the person gets some money they think okay you know i'm going to drink i'm going to do this or i'm going to hire a mercenary and kill that person that's short sighted but the soul's consciousness so we could say the direction of consciousness of the soul that can change and that is meant to change it can be more selfless it can be more far sighted it can be more self actualizing that means manifesting our potentials doing justice to our god given abilities that we have so the soul doesn't change but the soul's consciousness does change and the purpose of the of spiritual growth is to actually so spiritual growth it is not soul itself growing it is the soul's consciousness rising expanding towards bigger concerns so it's it's like the flat with the it's, that's kind of where like our free will comes in in a sense like we have like the flashlight can we can use the flashlight and shine it on anything that we want like that's our that's our choice that's our free will and if we shine it on things that are that are more conducive to the soul's true nature then then our consciousness expands yes perfect true there's one more point in this verse i'll just it said the soul is also immovable now if we say it's immovable just now the previous verse it has mentioned two verses ago it has mentioned the soul moves from one body to another body so how what does movable mean so this is saying movable and immovable and it says moves from one body to another so when it says the soul is not movable what it means is that it is not movable by material forces that it's not that it's like 
if a person if i am sitting here if somebody comes and pushes my chair i'll get moved but the soul is not moved like that the soul can be moved by its own desires and even you could say it's delusions that may arise from the desires so the soul can like i'm staying in one house i move to another house so when the soul is moved actually is the the body mind machine especially the mind that is caught and that is moved and the soul moves with it like suppose i am watching tv and i'm so caught in watching tv that somebody comes and a thief comes and starts stealing my tv and instead of stopping the thief i just continue watching the tv and run, run along with the thief and go wherever the thief is gone so the soul is like that so the soul is here and the mind is here so actually when we say our attachments drag us so if say my attachments are dragging me downwards see so the attachments they drag the mind hmm so the mind goes in the particular direction and when the mind goes in that direction the soul goes along with it for the ride because of the because the soul is so caught up with the mind hmm and liberation eventually means that the soul is not caught up in the mind and the soul goes its own way independent of whatever is going on on the screen of the mind that we'll talk later but that's the clarification of the meaning of immovable so should i summarize yeah wow the soul is incredible <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true so i discussed four main points today basically this we could say the broadly the characteristics of the soul So the first is that it is materially indestructible, materially undamageable by all the things that can damage the body. Then we clarified the meanings of particular terms. It is present everywhere. What it means? Not that it's literally present everywhere, but it has the potential to be present everywhere. So materially indestructible. We discussed how it cannot be pierced. It cannot be dissolved. It cannot be withered. It cannot be burned. years burned dissolved withered and then let's also discuss what it is un- what unchangeable means that consciousness can be changed the soul itself can't be and then lastly discuss immovable what that means is the soul itself does not move but the when it is attached to the mind it moves with the mind mind is moves and the soul follows not that the soul is moved directly so we'll continue the discussion in our next session thank you thank you